RadioInfluence.com. Why, Crusher, it's good to see you. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. And welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Kershell, and we're your weekly source for performance information. Hey, thanks for joining us today. It's going to be a really, really big show. Listen, if you want to reach out to us, questions, comments, smart remarks, or if you have something you'd like us to investigate, or if you simply need help with something, get to us. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crushperformance is the email. We answer every message we get. On Twitter, follow me, at Jeff Crush. And on every other social media platform, just search out Crush Performance and we can hook up there. All right, we got to get to it. We've got a lot to get to today as we kick off show number one of a three-part series looking at one of our main themes for 2021, the Crush Brain Game. Now listen, the Brain Game is all about understanding where the brain and all of the things that go along with it sort of fall into place in terms of the hierarchy of human performance. We have our four rigid priorities for performance. They are sleep, rest, and recovery, nutrition, hydration, posture, range of motion, and then movement. And those four top priorities have been written in stone, at least for us anyway, when it comes to organizing and setting up our athletes, teams, and organizations for success. Those are our starting points. And for good reason. But... I can't help but think that the brain has a lot to do with it. Typically in the past, we've been very reactive when issues come up or when the mental part of the game collapses, we've sort of been reactive in how we address it. It's coming along. We're getting much better. The awareness of it all certainly has pushed us to new heights when it comes to the mental game of of sport performance, human performance, but we're really now starting to understand what this brain game is all about. And it's pushed along very nicely by the technology that's now available. The technology that's allowing us to map, monitor, and even train the brain in real time. Things we've never, ever been able to do before. And that's why I'm so adamant and excited about this point in time. I really do believe that we're on the cusp of the next level of human performance. Because we're now really digging into areas that we just haven't been able to before. But the brain game is much more than just psychology. It's much, much more than just information processing. It's much more than, than feelings, personality. It's a whole bunch of incredibly complex systems put together into one. And I can't help but think that we need to address this, at least in some degree, before we start before we get into it. And we revisit it, of course, all the time. And then, of course, yes, when things do pop up, anxiety, pressure, depression, um, really stressful times, then we engage processes and people, experts that we know to help us cope and deal with those things. But we're getting so much better at just being aware of all this that uh, we've moved forward with great strides. But the Crush Brain Game, again, one of our themes here for this entire year is a deep dive into better understanding all the areas 
that the brain covers and influences when it comes to performance and what we know about those areas and how we can address them. So at the end of the year, we're going to decide going into 2022 what the brain game is all about. Is it a top priority for human performance? And if it is, maybe what parts of the brain game do we need to address before we start? And then in our hierarchy, in the crush performance hierarchy, those four things, rest, recovery, sleep, nutrition, hydration, posture, range, emotion, and movement, where does the brain game fit in? Is it number one? Is it two? Is it three, four? Maybe it's the fifth now, but where does it fit in and what parts fit in to setting people up for success? I have my own thoughts on this and a hypothesis as to what it might look like at the end of the day, but we're going to do our research. We're going to do the work to figure it out and better understand it. And that's going to be through communication and interviews and conversations with some of the world's top experts. And it started last year with all the great people from Thought Technology talking about heart rate variability, bio neurofeedback, and all those incredible discussions we had. And then this year, we kicked it off with an incredible conversation with crush favorite Dr. Martin Mrazek, neuropsychologist from the U of A. And today we kick off a three-part series looking at the crush brain game. And we're going to start it off today with a bang. We're joined by peak performance expert Wayne Lee. We're going to talk about an area of the brain and human performance that doesn't get a lot of press. We don't talk about it a lot, and I have a funny feeling it's because we don't really understand it. There's not a lot of research on this. There's a lot of hypotheticals and a lot of speculation out there. But I think there's way more to this than we might think. And that's the subconscious, the subconscious mind. And Wayne has been a huge, huge a proponent of this area of human performance. And he does a lot of work with hypnosis. And if you've ever been to his shows, go to his website, uh, waynelee.com, and you could see part of his shows. He also does some descriptions as well. As well. Uh, but he comes from an athletic background. That's what led him down this road. I am really, really looking forward to today's discussion because we don't talk about this enough. I think it's all powerful. And then next week, we're going to talk with mental performance coach, Brian Kane. Brian works with tons of athletes, organizations, and businesses on the mental side of sport performance and human performance. So we're going to talk to Brian about his systems, uh, his experiences, and how he thinks people can go about, you know, organizing the mental side of their performance. And then we're going to wrap up this three-part series of the Crush Brain Game with Dr. Mank Mehta from the UCLA Department of Physics and Astronomy. He's also with the UCLA Brain Research Institute, and he's done a lot of work in perception and how we perceive our environments and how our mind goes about um, dealing with where we are in space and even locating where we are in space and locking that into our memories for future reference. He's also looked at the impact of virtual reality on how our brain works in that world. And I think that discussion is going to open a lot of eyes because as cool as virtual reality is, and as far as it's come here over the last little while, how the brain perceives the environment in the virtual world might really, really surprise you. I can't wait to talk about that. He and his team have also done a lot of work on memory and learning and how sleep influences learning. We'll talk to him about that. And also the difference between the mind and the brain. It's all one thing, but those are two very, very different parts 
of that organ that we're calling the brain. And we're going to get to it in the Crush Brain Game. So this little three-part series is going to kick it off. We're going to do a couple more over the course of the year. Uh, we're also going to have a couple really important series on talent, talent development and talent ID, which is uh, our second theme for this year. And those two really will come together as we progress here. So I'm really excited to kick it off. You know, the idea of perception is really intriguing to me. Perception will influence how we understand our environment, even how we react. It also will probably influence how we learn. I mean, if we look at some of the top performers in the world, you can't help but think about Connor McDavid right now. What he's doing in the NHL is truly incredible for this day and age. But the way he perceives the game is different. You know, you've heard scouts and coaches and even parents say, hey, that kid sees the game differently or that kid really has a game game sense. What exactly is that? You know, we always we often thought those were the intangibles of sport performance. I don't think it's as intangible as we might think. I mean, think about Connor McDavid growing up. OK, so we know he's one of the fastest hockey players in the planet. Right. So. Think about that just for a second. It's not that he's the strongest. It's not that he's the most powerful, but he is certainly one of the fastest. And as he grew up with that, with that incredible speed, don't you think it had to change his perception of the game? It also probably changed the skills that he was able to work on or the level of skill he was able to work on. Think of all the top athletes. You know, we're all trying to break down how they work and how they got to be who they are. You can't recreate that stuff. You can try to understand why they're so special, but very little of it has to do with their physical attributes. How they think, perceive, and learn, I believe, has more to do with creating high-performing people than anything else. And a lot of that has to do with the environment you're in. Yes, most certainly your physical abilities, your physical traits, which are incredibly trainable, but also maybe potentially your subconscious mind. Well, let's get into it right after this with peak performance expert Wayne Lee. An incredible conversation coming up on the Crush Brain Game right after this. Stick around, everybody. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 101260 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. Performance, everybody. Thanks for sticking around over the break. Today, we are kicking off episode number one of a three-part series looking at the Crush Brain Game. Where does the brain and everything that it entails fit into the developmental model for athlete performance? Well, for human performance. The Crush Brain Game is one of our main themes here over our 2021 season. And today, we're going to take a deep dive into an area of the brain game that isn't talked about a lot probably because it's not very well understood. And that's the area of our subconscious. It is incredibly powerful when you can understand it, maybe be aware of it, but also maybe get a little control of it. So joining us today, I'm really fired up to introduce peak performance expert, Wayne Lee. Wayne, thanks so much for joining us today. 
Uh, it's my pleasure, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, uh, the timing is absolutely great for a number of reasons. Of course, everybody's dealing with this COVID madness. And in our particular area, we're back into a major lockdown, which is challenging for everybody in society. Uh, so that's one part of it. But then on the other side, Wayne, uh, this year on Crush Performance, one of our main themes is the crush brain game. And I think you're going to bring a real interesting perspective to that side of human performance. Uh, but before we get out to that, how have you been making out you and your family and your business been making out through all this COVID ups and downs? Well, thanks for asking. I know it's been uh, different for everyone. And like, I, I like to say it in the way I've heard it is that we're all swimming in the same storm, but we're in different boats, right? We're, yeah, we're, I like that. Yeah, and, and for myself, like before COVID, uh, primarily my business was all focused upon live events, doing my keynote presentations and my entertainment piece. And that all went away. You know, I was having such a great um, year beforehand. It was leading into it and it all went away. So we had to pivot. And um, it led us into doing coaching online and also teaching some courses which are really based upon how people can reprogram their subconscious to get not only more of what they want but how they can deal with the change and how they can ultimately become the the creator of change as opposed to just um you know letting the circumstances rule them and so many people have been going through that with what's been happening because it's been massive change um with businesses with individuals with families with kit you name it um i don't know a time in my life where i've seen this happen in fact, I haven't. So I just feel great that my wife and I have been able to serve people that really need help going through what they're going through. And, and again, it varies from somebody wanting to achieve a, a goal or even start a business to somebody dealing with depression and, and what's happening out there. So um, I say that it all starts in the, in the subconscious in terms of how people are dealing with it. Oh, that is a great, great perspective. And I think, you know, you're right alongside everybody that's out there. You know, earlier in the year, we did a, a two-part series called The Kids of COVID, looking at high school seniors, uh, college seniors, and some of our amateur pros who are on the doorstep to, of going pro and how their whole life has been turned upside down. I really like that analogy that we're all in the same storm, but we're just in different boats because everybody's dealing with different things from our from our teachers and people at school to our health care for frontline workers um, to to our business owners and to our kids Wayne and, and you're so right you know I, I, my wife and I again we're sitting back just looking at these kids my youngest daughter is a senior in high school and you're right you know we we're thinking you know we're, we're feeling for these kids and you know trying to keep them engaged and positive but but we've never experienced anything like this and I can't imagine having to go through it at that critical sort of development time of you know senior high school that 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 sort of you know, that coming of age sort of time. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting time that we're living in. And I think it's still based on perspective. What I mean by that is that people can say, um, you know, how are we going to get out of this? Or they're looking for somebody else to fix this, whatever this is, or they're like, they take that ownership and they say, I can handle whatever comes my way. You know, the universe has got my back and I'm going to use this as an opportunity to move forward. Yeah, no, you're so right. And it's interesting, too, because in, in, in that two part series, Kids of COVID, we had some very interesting discussions and uh, we had Dr. Eric Holt on who does a lot of developmental work. And we got into this deep conversation about, you know, where we are in youth sport and development in general 
and, you know, trying to look at some of the silver linings of this COVID, you know, for everybody out there, we all realize how serious this is in terms of health and the loss of life and everything. But for everybody who's trying to wade their way through it, looking for upsides. And so one thing we talked about in sport, Wayne, you might find this interesting is, you know, because we're so uh, we're so focused on competition, we're over scheduling year round sports, specialization. The one thing COVID has provided us is a break from that busy, busy schedule or seeing more kids out on their bikes or, you know, playing with their pals or on their skateboards or whatever. And so yeah. we were in this discussion where we said, hey, look, maybe on the other side of this, could we see if we address this downtime properly and use it properly, attack, yeah. you know, the developmental side and maybe the areas where, you know, that, that can make us better. Could we see a spike in skill levels and performance on the other side of this? And we're calling it the uh, COVID technical advantage. And, you know, when I think about what you do and I was lucky enough to be at a couple of your shows and I love it. But when we yeah. think about that side of it, instead of being reactive, being proactive, does that resonate with you? hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. And it's actually, you know, coming from what people are telling themselves and asking a better question in terms of like, how can I use this time to be productive, move forward? So, you know, people's self-talk and people's questions that there are really hypnotic commands. And um, I'll give you an example, like something that happened in my life, Jeff, was um, one of the sports that was my love for 15 years was amateur wrestling. And so when I wrestled, I um, incurred a, a very serious neck injury that happened when I was in my uh, university years and I was told that I needed surgery. I went into the specialist. Um, I, I, I wasn't even able to pick up a coffee cup. That's how like it affected my neck so bad in the C5, C6, C7, you know, three herniated discs, the, the exam, the x-ray showed, you know, this is what I need. And the specialist said I needed surgery. Um, I was very uh, scared, very fearful of going through it. And, you know, interesting, that year, I obviously had to take off wrestling. And who knows if I was even going to wrestle again. I was set for the surgery six months down the road. And one of the things I did, and I didn't do this intentionally, I just, I had a love of visualizing, visualizing myself doing technique and um, still up on the podium, winning gold medals. And that was the one thing that I could still do. And I could feel it in my body. And even though the pain I was going through, it was at those times where I felt this sense of vitality, this sense of you know, this vibration within me. And lo and behold, when I get close to the surgery, I think a week or two out, I did a, a, a strength test because I didn't I felt like I was recovering and this wasn't supposed to regenerate. And the surgeon said, you don't need surgery, Wayne. I don't know you know, what the original uh, diagnosis was, but you you've definitely at a point now where you don't need the surgery. And so I chalk that up looking at, you know, in that time period, I really sharpened my mind in the visualization aspect. And that's where I really learned about the power of, you know, here's a, here's a, here's a devastating injury. And yet out of that came a very powerful skill that I learned, which is the creative visualization and how powerful it really is. And so even if people take that time right now that we're going through and they're at home and they're not able to go, you look at what we're going through in Alberta in terms of the lockdown and, and, and the limitations and they use that, you know, how many people actually go to the mental edge of things and, and see it in their mind and see who they need to be and to go through the techniques, go through the motions. Because, you know, so much of what I learned in wrestling, that's what now I teach doing the hypnosis and the presentations that I that I do. So that's that's just one aspect of how people can take a bad, you know, potentially circumstance or situation and find the good in it.
Oh, Wayne Lee, you're giving me goosebumps. We are joined by Wayne Lee, peak performance expert. You can check out Wayne's great information and his keynote and uh, all his presentations at WayneLee.com. Wayne, that is, oh my God, you are you are preaching to the choir right there, brother. And and listen, cool. here's another thing that I here's another thing you said that you know I haven't really heard before. The mental mm. edge, you know, dancing, walking towards the mental edge. I, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. I, I love, man, what that makes me think of. I, in just in terms of my world in, in elite performance and helping athletes achieve their potential or people achieving their potential, which is what you do all over the world. Um, dancing to the mental edge or getting, walking that mental edge. That is a powerful image for me for some reason. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it obviously activated something within you that is where everything first starts, right? I tell people that, you know, creation or performance happens in two places. One, it happens physically, but before that, it happens mentally. It happens in the mind. And so because it's elusive, because it's 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 an invisible thing in terms of what we go through in our imagination, um, that, that people kind of dismiss it at times. They just want to see the results. But what I like to say is that all performance is preceded by programming and programming are just the hypnotic commands and instructions that people are giving themselves on a, on a moment by moment, daily basis challenge that most of those are unconscious, subconsciously programmed by the time we're 12 years old. So if people see themselves as somebody that's not quite good enough or they're not enough, they'll always try to be proving themselves. And the challenge with that is that they might get some good results, but they're always seeing themselves as just not good enough. And they'll always go back to their self-identity saying is that you'll never outperform your self-identity or your subconscious identity. And so when people get in their mind and see themselves as confident and that they're just going to radiate more confidence because life's always about growing and expanding expanding and we know that through performance is that the more you practice the better you're going to get the more you're going to learn that what doesn't work and what works well and you're going to figure it out but in the mind you have to get there first and you have to here's the secret behind it you have to feel it oh my goodness yeah i love it and that whole idea of perception and awareness and practice is so so important i think it comes back to a really important word that we're using quite a bit now wayne uh maybe two words you know in our you know we when we when we talk with our athletes we go through sort of a dictionary of power words right and you know mm -hmm. some of the words that are popping up now which i'm really happy to see you know coming mm -hmm. straight from our athletes unsolicited just you know getting them talking about what are some of the power words words like awareness and mindset are becoming more the norm now. Now I'm not necessarily doesn't mean that everybody knows exactly how to use those words positively, but the fact that people are thinking about those words, I think is a great, great trend, but I like the idea of prescription and, and programming precedes you know, the action. That's a really important concept in everything we do. Yes. And, you know, I think that people now are, are, you know, when you say the, the awareness, awareness is, is so key because when people understand that, that, and they, and they take this awareness, like you can, on an intellectual level, I can tell somebody something, but if they're not aware that they have this unlimited potential and this unlimited power within them to perform, then it kind of is just, it falls upon deaf ears. So the awareness when people, you know, this is a time I think right now that we're going through is people to wake up and to be aware of what's really important, how powerful they are and to own that. So, uh, you know, I love I love the word awareness because it all starts with your awareness. And if people aren't getting results, say performance based, then that's a great thing to be aware of is realize that hmm, 
this is a sign for me to tweak things. This is a sign for me to uh, alter things in a way where I will be getting the results, right? I look at everything as a blessing in that sense. Yeah, so powerful. We're talking with Wayne Lee, peak performance expert. You can check out Wayne's great work at waynelee.com. Well, Wayne, let's talk about this, the crush brain game. So what we're doing here is, you know, we have our four top priorities for performance, and these have been written in stone for the better part of the last eight to 10 years. Before we even talk, we're talking sport performance now. Um, and for everybody out there, if you don't know, Wayne has helped people and organizations around the world, across the board. Wayne, you presented to more than 6,000 companies and helped, I don't even know how many thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, but uh, you've also got a very, very cool take on this whole thing. And for us right now, we're looking at the top priorities. If we're setting people up for success in sport, our athletes, we kind of have a checklist, like a, like a pilot getting ready for takeoff, maybe is a way to look at it. And when we are organizing programs or sitting down, putting our plans together, sleep, rest and recovery is number one. Everything comes from from that. Everything has to branch out from that rather than having to plug and ram that in these tight little spaces along the way. And I think that's one of the big issues in sport. We we do that backwards. Number two is nutrition, hydration, posture, range of motion, setup, you know, making sure everything's working properly and then teaching movement. Before we even talk about sport performance, we've got to set our athletes up for success. And those have been our top priorities. However, there has been a curveball and this is something that we've been aware of forever. But I think, Wayne, that we've been a little too um, reactive on the mental side of preparation for sports. So the crush brain game is all about trying to look at the importance of the mental side of sport and everything that goes along with it. It's much more than sports psychology. It's much more than visualization. Those are all parts of the brain game. Uh, but one thing we don't talk about enough, and I just don't think anybody talks about enough, is the subconscious side, you know? Um, and, and I think this could be a really important talk when it comes to the crush brain game because we just don't do it enough yeah no i i i'm so glad to uh you know be talking about what i love in terms of how the subconscious works and how people can have it work for them and so i'm just so glad to uh be uncovering some of the stuff that you want to hear yeah so so let's start here so you know we've got we're having great conversations and there's much more to come you know we'll be talking about perception we're talking about heart rate bio bio, uh, heart rate variability bio and neurofeedback and some of the great technologies that are out there now really really cool technologies they're allowing us to map regions of the brain look at brain activity train and react and and have our athletes now you know work the brain in ways we've never been able to in his in the history of 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 human development the technology has mm-hmm. taken us to new places but one thing that i think we just don't address enough is the subconscious so maybe we'll start here i'd like to know yeah. wayne i'd like to know how you got into this like the hypnosis side you know i was one of those guys back in the day you know hypnosis yeah and it, it was and I, when i look back it's purely out of ignorance and i mean that in the absolute uh, definition of the word i just didn't understand it enough but boy oh boy do i see the power of this of the hypnosis and subconscious now boy oh boy but i yeah. just we don't i don't think we understand it well enough yeah let me let me um, shed some light first of all i mean i i think i learned a ton of what i'm teaching now in the sport of amateur wrestling which was all about uh the power of my subconscious and the power of um you know focus and then it led me into seeing a hypnotist where I'd seen this show and I'm like, I was blown away. I was there with my girlfriend at the time. I was becoming a school teacher. So I had no idea I was going to go down this path. But I had seen this, this fellow on stage 
um, being almost like a puppet master where he would give these commands and people without a blink would automatically instantaneously follow his suggestions. And I was like, is this for real? And so when I, when I'd seen it, Jeff, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm like just in a state of trance myself because I'm looking at this blown away thinking, is this even real? And then it wasn't until he gave a suggestion where he thought he said to everybody that they lost their belly buttons, all the people on stage. So it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. People are looking for their belly buttons. And I'm like, <laughs> well, how can that happen? I mean, their belly buttons are there. They don't. And the, the, the wildest thing happened. Um, I looked at my girlfriend because she wasn't even laughing and I'm looking at her and there she was looking for her belly button. Oh, wow. This was in the audience. So she got hypnotized in the audience and there, there was a validation is that there's something to this because she's not faking this. She came with me. Um, so it was, it was a start. It was a, an obsession to get into what this was all about. I had this fascina fascination with the power of the mind, um, motivation, goal achievement, all of that. And through my love of wrestling, I did a lot of all that. And then what I realized after doing hypnosis for many, many years is, and I thought to myself, what if hypnosis was just somebody giving somebody a suggestion and them acting upon it as if it is real and them actually going out and achieving that result. And I can honestly say, and it's because, you know, what you said is like all the misconceptions about hypnosis and that is like, it looks so phenomenal yet. That's exactly what hypnosis is, is the power of suggestion, the use of words and their meanings embedded into a subconscious where we hold our habits, our memories, and it does much more. I can shed some light on that. And then acting upon it is true. There's a little law of the mind that goes like this. What you believe is true. Nothing else. So if I tell somebody that they're a great dancer and they didn't think they were going to dance and they hear the piece of music and they become a great dancer, that was true for them. So what if instead I was telling that person that they're a great dancer, that they're going to win that championship, that they're going to win that match, that they're going to be the best tennis player, they're going to be the best wrestler. And then they, without qualification, they just accepted that into their mind and then they acted upon it as if it is real. Wow. That is hypnosis in its wow. simplicities. So it's the non-critical acceptance of an idea. Now, we work on two levels. We work on consciously because we want to make decisions. We want to be aware. Yet we only can take in so much consciously at any given time. If not, the world would be just one big uh, uh, information energetic overload. Mm -hmm. So we have this great mechanism we call, you know, the conscious or critical faculty of our mind. And then the other part is the subconscious. Now, here's where it's confusing is that People have different models and subconscious is just a word. So what comes to mind when somebody says subconscious? Because it's really not a model. It's really not a physical thing. So it's more of a concept. So my take on the subconscious is that there's three functions to it. Uh, one, and, and I'd like to say like it's a GPS tracking system. It's the most powerful tracking system in the world and it's the most powerful search engine. So when you say, for instance, if you're, if you're using a GPS system and you do, you put in your desired destination that you want to win that championship or you want to lose some weight, whatever it is, your subconscious will calculate the, the route from where you are to where you want to be. And it'll always let you know that you're on course because now here's where I get really excited. Here's the voice of your subconscious because of how you feel. Mm. Now, I'm going to say this again because of what we know about the law of attraction, what we know about the magnetic impulses that we put out into the world. And like you said, all this technology that's now measuring all that. Well, the simplicity of it is this. When you think about people and performing, do they perform better when they feel good or when they feel bad, when mm -hmm. they feel stressed out and struggling or when they feel a sense of relief, a sense of, you know, like empowerment? So we're always wanting our athletes to get to that place where they feel better. 
let's face it, you know, under pressure, what does that mean? Well, there's a whole bunch of pressure on them. They haven't, they haven't been able to deal with it because they, somehow internally that's what's happening within them. So we want to get our people, we want to get our athletes to feel good. I mean, that's always the goal because then they're going to perform better. On an energetic level, let's just look at this. When you feel joy or when you feel excited, you put that out into the universe. Now I'm getting a little woo-woo, which is okay because more people are into this, but there's, there's some logic behind it. When you think about forecasting that feeling state and the feelings are our greatest indicator of what we're putting out there, then we're going to start attracting more of that back into our life in terms of the results, the people, places, things, events, opportunities. And for athletes, when people start to feel that, they start to validate more of what they're going to get in terms of results. So there's, there's a point of how, how can you put it, is that there's a point of trust that people have to go through to get themselves in a good feeling state to then welcome whatever comes into their life. You know, the perfect coach comes around, you know, that tournament, you know, so there, there's, there's two sides to the coin of that, you know, feeling good is great because you're going to perform better, but when you feel good, you're going to start to attract more of that into your life. Oh, it makes so much sense. And I'm not going to lie to you. I've seen it firsthand. And I think everybody listening, it can probably relate to this, Wayne. We've all been around those people that just light it up, make you feel better, bring yeah. energy to the room. You know, uh, we've all seen those people, but we've also seen those people who detract from that, maybe unintentionally, but also maybe it's a warning sign that, hey, can we help that person, right? I'm not saying that in a negative way, but maybe that's just where that person is at in a day. All right, everybody, we have to cut out for a quick break. But when we come back, we'll continue our discussion with peak performance expert, Wayne and we'll find out exactly how much control do we have over all this stuff stick around there's more subconscious talk coming up on crush performance right after this if you have any performance questions comments or smart remarks text crusher at 10 12 60 and follow him on twitter at jeff crush now here he is the crusher Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell. Hey, if you want to reach out, questions, comments, smart remarks, do so. We answer every single message that we get, and we appreciate all of them. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crushperformance is the email. Hey, follow me on Twitter. I don't tweet a lot, but when I do, hopefully, one, it'll either make you laugh or it may make you think. My Twitter handle is at Jeff Crush. And on all other social media platforms, just search out Crush Performance and we will hook up there. All right, today, an incredible conversation as we kick off a three-part series here focusing on the Crush Brain Game. We're joined by peak performance expert Wayne Lee. Wayne, we were just talking about the whole idea of the subconscious, what it is, how it works. But one thing that I find really interesting here is the fact that, you know, the subconscious, we don't talk about it a lot, probably because we don't really truly understand it that well. But what's interesting is the fact that we might have more control over it than we first thought. Exactly. So, and that's, again, going back to what you said, the powerful word awareness. Internally, when people own who they are and they realize how powerful they really are, then they get it. Does that make sense? So it's about teaching it. It's understanding that it's not outside of us. It's within us. And when we can first, you know, 
um, identify that, which is the awareness part, then we can harness it. And if people are feeling that sense of like not confident or they're feeling like they can't do it, I always start by saying, you know, you're already whole, complete and perfect. You have been brought here. You've been birthed and go out and create the life you want. And if you're an athlete and you want something really bad, you've got all of the resources within you. You just have to be resourceful. You have to align to, you know, the power of your imagination, the heartfelt feelings that you're getting. And then you got to move your body in that direction. So there's still so much to um, understand about, you know, obviously the brain and the subconscious. And yet from a simplistic standpoint, I know that again, your feelings are always dictating how you're going to perform or what you're putting out there. And we do have that power within us. We're talking with peak performance expert, Wayne Lee. You can check out Wayne's great work at waynelee.com. Well, I'm telling you right now, I love the idea. I think that when you said the power of suggestion, that really connects a lot of dots for me, Wayne, the power of suggestion in terms of hypnosis and how it really works. So again, I've been to your show and I've actually been to a couple of hypnosis shows. And, you know, I heard one time and I don't know if this is true or not. Maybe you can clarify this for me. But I heard people say people who were and friends of mine who've been hypnotized, they say when they woke up, they felt like they've been sleeping for 10 hours. So I'm, I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, somebody hypnotized me, man, hypnotize me yeah. right now. And let's get it done. If I can get hypnotized and feel like I've had 10 hours of sleep, I'm all in. Hey, so let me ask you. Yes. This. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's that question. And, and then the other thing is I really wanted to get hypnotized if for no other reason that one, but it just didn't work. So there's two kind of curveballs thrown at you there. For sure. Yeah. So let me deal with the first one. First one, Jeff, is this is that um, when people get hypnotized, they let go of the one thing that's stopping them, which is generally the fear and inhibition. So say, for instance, like when people are battling their own thoughts, they want something really bad, but then they have some negative, which I call borrowed beliefs that are usually picked up from childhood that they're not oh, good enough or they're yeah, not able right. to. Yeah, that's where our subconscious comes in and it stores everything to help us make things right. What, what I'm saying by that is that our subconscious, one of the aspects of the subconscious is to support us in being right. So if we have a borrowed belief and I call it a faulty borrowed belief that we're not good enough or we're not capable or somewhere down the road, somebody told us that we're not good at math and we buy into it because usually when we're a kid, we're just, we're just accepting this. Then if we don't change that, then we continually get those same results. And at the, the subconscious level, when you have these battling beliefs, meaning that if you're wanting something really bad and then you have a belief that is battling that, then it's going to show up as stress and overwhelm. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, I totally yeah. dig it. Yes, so, I understand. So so in hypnosis, what that does is it, it's really about being more receptive to new suggestions and more responsive. And so the one thing that, that happens is people let go. They let go. They're in a state of trust. So in and of itself, in that time period where people are letting go, they're taking this belief that's battling their own heartfelt energy that's creating stress and overwhelm. And when they let go of that instantaneously, they recharge, they recuperate, they feel like they've had a great sleep. So when you think about like the stress and overwhelm that people go through and they say, oh, I'm tired, I'm just not energized. A lot of it has to do with their mental energy. It's about them not being aligned to who they want. They got to think better thoughts that feel better. And so in hypnosis, that's why people get to let go of all the crap they've been holding on to so they can feel aligned. Right. Keep in mind, the crap is a, is a gift. It's a gift telling you that it's just energy. It's just not aligned so you can pick better thoughts. But most people beat themselves up thinking that that's their subconscious identity. That's who they are, that they're not good enough and they can't do something. And then the list goes on and on and on. And I call it the, the negative trance trap. People get caught in that and then they argue for their own limitations. 
Right. I like that. The, the crap, so, the crap is actually a gift that's framing it up right there. Yeah. It's always looking at how you can use this, what's going on, right? Start from where you are. Um, with regards to your question about like getting hypnotized and it didn't work. Well, you know, when I was getting into this business of hypnotizing people, I wanted to go on stage. So I went on stage and the first three times I got kicked off <laughs> because I was expecting to sleep. I was right. expecting to black out. So here's, here's the, the, the myth about hypnosis is that when you get hypnotized, you're not going to be sleeping. If you do sleep, it's no longer hypnosis. When you get hypnotized, here's, here's the, here's the way I say it is that you're always aware you just don't care. Oh, yeah. So, so if you're trying too hard and you're thinking like, I'm going to get into the state where I'm sleeping, I don't, then you're, you're analyzing things. And so when I stopped doing that, I said, I'm just going to relax and follow this guy's suggestions. I got to a place where I relaxed and I was so relaxed in my body and my mind that it was easy for me just to accept a suggestion. And then once he gave a suggestion, I had this urge, this desire to follow the suggestion. But it wasn't like I was in this hypnotic trance that people think it is. And I could have went off the stage at any given time. And yet at the same time, I felt compelled to follow. So again, that's what hypnosis is now. If you rethink about the definition or the experience of it, we, you know, that's why it didn't work for you because of that expectation. So now if you just go, hmm, I'm just going to allow this to happen. I know that I'm not going to sleep. Then with practice, it gets easier and easier to get into a more receptive state. I get it. You know, I was so worried that oh, I can't be hypnotized. I think in, when, yeah. on the drive home, I was going, maybe I was too worried that he was going to make me uh, dance around the stage like a chicken or something, right? <laughs> like like yeah. maybe, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But okay, that really does clear things up though. That makes a lot of sense to me, Wayne. Yeah, no. And, and also too, like just from a standpoint of like when people look at like the shows that I do and the presentations, you'll see people that are very, um, receptive. Like I can say the word sleep and they're like out like a light. And now people then are, are, are thinking, well, that's going to be me. Well, that, that's a, only a certain uh, portion of the population where they call them somnambulists for whatever reason, they've done research, but it's just people that are really highly suggestible in that state. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, people have offered different opinions of why that is yet. Some people, you know, I just chalk it up as like all these years that I've been hypnotizing people, there's like 10%, 15% of the population that are just very receptive to that. And with training, people can get more into that state, but that's just a deeper state of, of letting go where people will forget things. Um, so it's just a deeper state of trance. I, I kind of like that concept, Wayne. And, you know, um, the fact that I didn't and I was actually quite disappointed and, and I, you know, I wasn't afraid of dancing like a chicken or doing all, some of the fun stuff. I was actually quite looking forward to it. So, mm -hmm. so I was actually quite disappointed that I, that I couldn't do it. But, but what I do hear here is like a lot of the talk we have with our athletes who are uh, facing anxiety or uncertainty is, is, you know, it's a, it's a trainable attribute. What you're saying is if I just, you know, get to the point and maybe practice getting to that carefree state, um, yeah. I, I can get there is what you're saying, right? Without a doubt. Like it's all like everything that I teach is a skill that can be learned and all these mental um, capabilities that we have are skills to be learned. Like I have a, a, a deep-seated belief that we can learn anything. And it may take some others more time, yet through practice, that you can learn, you can figure it out. And same thing with all these mental skills. With practice, with training, you figure it out, you can get better, and it will then become easier for you because it becomes a habit. And thinking is a habit thinking and how to think is a habit. If people are, are indecisive, if they think they're indecisive, they've created a habit of being indecisive. Right. Absolutely. If people, people see themselves as a winner or as a victor, they've created a habit of seeing that. So that 
creates that subconscious identity. Um, and you know, when I'll give you an example on stage is like, when I say to some, like, and then I'm doing this just to, to illustrate how this can work in anyone's life and how they can use this and how, it, how it's being used right now is if somebody says to themselves, like they're, they always crack under pressure, then they're, they're seeing an image of maybe an experience that happened. And now they've taken it upon themselves as that's their identity. And now they're reinforcing it. And so the suggestion, or this is how we communicate and this is how our subconscious works is that words are combined to then give a suggestion. And these words can be very powerful. These words can be very um, negatively uh, disempowering, whatever it is. And then once these words are accepted, there's an image that pops up, usually at an unconscious level. So the, the, the internal dialogue that we have, or if somebody else is giving a suggestion, it's the words that somebody else is giving you, which we call influence, then creates an image in the head. And that image will always represent your subconscious image or subconscious identity. And unless you change that, you'll keep going back to that image because you'll never outperform your subconscious image or identity. So on stage, if I told, if I asked somebody, you know, are you a good dancer? Will you dance up here? And they say no. And maybe they don't believe they're a great dancer, or maybe they're afraid of dancing because of what other people are going to think about them. But when I get them in a hypnotic state where it's just a state of clearing their mind so they can accept a new suggestion, then I say, when you hear the next piece of music, you're the most amazing dancer in the world. In the moment of me giving that suggestion, Jeff, I want people to get this that are listening to this. That person that's hypnotized is now creating this image. They have to, in order to process what I'm, what I'm saying to them, they, the hypnosis has already been done by the suggestion that I just gave them. When you hear the next piece of music, you're going to dance as if you're the greatest dancer in the world. And so then I say, one, two, three, wide awake, their eyes open up. And I'll say, are you going to dance up here? And they'll say, no. And then when they hear the piece of music, instantaneously, they dance and they <laughs> do not think about it. They're on autopilot. And the reason why is because I've bypassed that critical analyzation of them thinking they're not a great dancer right to their subconscious. I've planted a seed, which we call a suggestion into their subconscious. And the image comes up as seeing themselves as a great dancer. It all happens in a nanosecond. And then they follow through because they believe that. So how's that different than, than, you know, the, the whole aspect of how, how is that different than what we're saying every day? Or if we took the time to, you know, think and visualize and burn it into our brain, melt it into our mind and forecast what we want and see it as we, you know, not as we are maybe in the moment, but how we want to be and do it now. That's what becomes our new reality. I love it. Yeah, I know that is powerful stuff. And that Wayne makes a lot of sense to me. How powerful is that? And again, this is well beyond sport. We know that you do a lot in the business world, but for students, musicians, mm. artists, man, I can't, this is a human thing, isn't it? It is. It's not just in my love, uh, you know, is the athletics. And one of the loves, uh, I should say, because I love spreading the message uh, far and wide. But so much of what I learned is from the sport of amateur wrestling, where I've had the hardships. I've had the losses. I've learned about the power of my mind. I've learned about the power of failure in terms of there is no failure. There's just feedback and there's just learning. And I really learned how to move forward through it, through that. So, you know, athletes, for sure, I, I have a, I have a, a real heartfelt spot for athletes because I went through a lot of that. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, Wayne. And again, like any athlete or anybody, um, it is a continuous internal battle, isn't it? I mean, this isn't something that you just uh, do once and it's fixed forever. This is something you have to continually revisit, practice like any other skill and get good at, correct? 
Exactly. And I like to say to people that like I teach people this this uh, process called the mental endgame activation method called the mega method. And really is about people looking at what their end game is and feeling as though they've already gotten there and then anchoring that into their body so they could activate that feeling anytime. So they perform better as well as they're sending that signal out into the universe and they can get themselves out of that stuck state. And what people have to realize is that there's no shortage of end games, meaning once you reach one end game, you've got another one. So it's not about just getting to a destination. It's about falling, falling in love with the process. Wayne, I love it. Yeah, no, and that makes sense to me. The the process, right? That is such yeah. a powerful word here, and and there is a process to it. And and here's another thing that we that we know as well. Uh, nobody does it alone. This conversation today, mm-hmm. Wayne, has been so great, man. Like I'm telling you, this really sheds some light on an area of human performance that we just don't talk about enough, man. And I'm really, really excited about this, but like every other part of human performance, you only know what you know, and you don't know, frankly, what you don't know. So nobody can do it alone. That's why, you know, having you on today is so, so great. And then also, um, you know, being able to, to, to do this um, on a regular basis. And, and that's what I'm excited about. One of the reasons that, uh, that that got me to reconnect with you here, I saw your 21 day challenge, your, your trans, mm. your transform program. And I'm really excited about this. I've actually recommended it to my daughter and a couple of, uh, a couple of the, the girls from our, our soccer team, uh, because I think cool. this is exactly what they need. But, but I'm really yes. happy that you've done this program. I'm, I'm glad that people can have access to it. And maybe again, this is one of the upsides of this COVID madness. You know, we're getting, we're getting platforms like this available. Yeah, no, for sure. It really, I feel like, uh, you know, it's where I feel most alive. My new stage is virtual uh, teaching and coaching and doing the 21 day subconscious reset challenge, which is all about us. Uh, my wife and I uh, creating this movement called the transform movement. And it's really about helping people snap out of their limiting beliefs, their borrowed beliefs and destructive behaviors to become more of who they truly are and wake up, like you said, to that awareness that, you know, people are already whole, complete and perfect. Their subconscious identity is made up with a whole bunch of poor beliefs. And when people start owning that and then they start to activate their future vision and they start to align themselves, they perform at higher levels and they move forward with it. So that 21 days that we've been uh, doing now for the last just before uh, the new year, we've, I think we're on a fourth challenge now, which we are. And it's been helping so many people. So we just we just feel like uh, that's been the blessing for us in this whole COVID uh, time period. No, and I love it. I love it, Wayne. This is going to arm people with some ammo uh, to help them chase down their dreams and stay on track, maybe most importantly. Yes, and take back their power, right. own their power. You know, a lot of people are chasing something when they already have it. They just have to take ownership and create from a place of choice versus circumstance. Yeah, Wayne Lee, everybody, thank you so much for this conversation today. You know, I think everybody knows the word subconscious and they'll, you know, people have used it. Everybody, everybody has used the word subconscious in some context, you know, oh, subconsciously, I I thought that or, you know, hey, man, subconsciously, I didn't even know what happened. But there it is. You know, all these types of things we talk about Um, You don't have to really know the science of the subconscious. Again, I don't know if we, anybody really does, but having awareness of it, Wayne, I think is one huge step in the right direction. I totally agree. And I think you have to enjoy the mystery of it too, because as soon as you label something and you put a science on it, which is great. uh, Yeah. But if you're not open to new and better, um, then you limit it. So I think like the subconscious is a wonderful, beautiful, amazing thing where you tap into infinite intelligence and there's structure to it. There's purpose, which I've got my own model of teaching it. Yet if people just realize that, you know, they're unlimited and anything is possible, 
and they come from that place and they know that their subconscious is part of that, then that's the first step for sure. Oh, Wayne Lee, so great. So great, my friend. Hey, listen, thanks so much for coming on today. What's next for you guys? I guess, well, COVID, the uh, transform, you guys can go to Wayne Lee. It's a 21 day challenge. Um, and I think that's a, a great, a great step for everybody. Uh, I can't wait to get back to the point where we can see you up on the stage again, helping people out, Wayne. Really, really appreciate your time and un this unbelievable conversation today. Awesome, Jeff. Well, hey, thank you so very much for the support. And um, I wish you all the best too in this time. And, and we're doing great work out there. So keep it up and, and uh, let's do it together. Help each other for sure. Yep, I love it. I love it. Hey, let me ask you a question before we let you go because I'm just mm -hmm. tr I'm trying to plan our next conversation on Crush Performance here already. Hey, sure. could, do, could, could, you, could you hypnotize me over the airwaves? Yes, I've been doing uh, the virtual hypnosis uh, through like the Zoom and the Facebook and, and that. So it's potentially, it, 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 it definitely can happen. I know that uh, it's always great to see people. So it would have to be uh, something where I'd like to see. And then, and then I'd, I would uh, get you to do all sorts of things. And uh, yeah, the list goes on. I, would, I, I, I couldn't even disclose all the things I get you to do. Right. Okay. No problem. Now you, now you, now you got me a little bit worried for sure. Hey, and I do like yeah, the idea. Yeah. I do like the idea of you being able to see, see the audience. Cause Hey, what, what if you don't turn us off and it just keeps going and going and going, man. Right. Yeah. Well, I like to see people because I can see how they, they relax. I can see how they, they be receptive. And, and that's one of the things that I thought is like, Hey, how can I do this virtual? And then it's like, you know, that question got me to explore doing some things virtually where I was making a difference doing it. And something like even the group coaching, when I do that and I'm, and I'm working with people one-on-one -on -one to get them into these states, uh, it's amazing to see people shift and how it can be done virtually. Yeah, no, great stuff, Wayne. Really, really appreciate it. I cannot wait for our next conversation. Good luck with everything. And again, everybody, waynelee.com, check out that 21-day challenge. Uh, Wayne, I can't wait till our next conversation here. Yeah, me too, Jeff. Thank you very much for having me on. Okay, what a spectacular way to kick off this three-part series looking at our Crush Brain Game. Again, the Brain Game is one of our main themes over 2021, and over the next couple of weeks here, we'll be focusing on it. I have to thank Wayne Lee for joining us today. You can check out his great stuff again at waynelee.com. Just a fantastic conversation today. You know, this really does get you thinking about the power of the brain and where it fits into the hierarchy of human performance and the subconscious, the whole idea behind hypnosis. Some people buy into it. Some people don't. But regardless, we're starting to understand it better. There's more science and, and research being focused on this part of human performance and simply just how we operate. And the findings are incredibly positive. This conversation today is proof of that. So i got to thank Wayne for that. Listen, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to keep building on this. Next week, Brian Kane, mental performance coach, will join us. Brian has an incredible resume and also a systematic approach to the mental game of sport performance. So we'll talk with Brian about his process, some of the things he's seen in sport. I'm really looking forward to that. And then in our final episode of the series, we'll be talking with Dr. Mayank Mehta, who is at the UCLA Department of Physics and Astronomy. His background is incredible. We're going to talk to him about how the brain perceives. He and his team have done some incredible work looking at how our brain understands where we are in space and maps our locations for future reference. And he also has looked at 
the ups and downs, the ins and outs of virtual reality, and how it correlates with what happens in the real world. I think you're going to be incredibly surprised here. It's not what we originally thought, but there's work being done. We're also going to talk to Dr. Meta about the relationship between the mind and the brain. We'll define how they're different, but also how they're one in the same. I can't wait for this conversation to wrap up our Brain Game series. All right, that'll do it for today, everybody. Thanks again to Wayne Lee. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. Now go get out there, stay safe, have some fun. Most of all, go get better. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance. Goodbye now. Don't forget to ride. This is a Rock Stops Here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Got a good, great guest, great guest. He's a good friend of mine. He played 12 years in the NFL, Anthony Becht. Uh, he was a tight end, and I hit him up on quite a few different topics, subjects. Boom, 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 boom. We'll get into that. Let me set this up. Now, I asked him about being drafted. You know, what was it like to get that call? And what do you hear what he had to say? It was Bill Parcells was running the Jets at the time. And he didn't get any call. What do you hear how he found out that he was a first-round pick? Unbelievable story. His son, Rocco Becht, just signed with... Iowa State. He's a quarterback. Boy, he's got the strong legs. And 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 um, he'll get into this. But core, your core exercise. You know, when you go to the gym, you see these guys just doing man, the bench, you know, doing the curls. Although that, now it's more well-rounded. But Anthony Becht, my guest here, the former 12-year tight end, Jets, Bucks, I think he was also on Chiefs, a couple of teams in the NFL, uh, still believes in core work. No matter what new fang dangled way to exercise your core, you got to work your core. You start with the core. And he told that to his son and it's work for his son. And his son is going to play division one football as a quarterback at Iowa State. The difference between training when Anthony trained in high school compared to these kids today, his broadcasting career, ESPN, he's done NFL games. Uh, he's just a good dude coaching. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting story. The Rock stops here with longtime radio and TV personality. Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and radioinfluence.com.